Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Some of you uh, may have noticed that you're not sitting the way you normally sit. And some of you are just really like weirded out by the fact that you're not in your regular seat. The simple truth is that Jesus' love is a disruptive love. It is a love that makes us um, not in control. It is a love that, uh, that leads us to places that we never thought we would go. Um, it is a love that changes everything in life if we let it. Today we're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper. And we're beginning um, the new future that God has for us here at the Church of Seven Run. Now, your life can be everything God wants it to be, or it can be anything less. Your life can be as big in the kingdom um, as Jesus' heart, or your life can be as small and fearful and broken as your fears will make it. It's up to you. It's up to me. We've been given a choice. And every church has the choice to be this world-changing um, you know, expression of the body of Christ or this inward-turn religious organization that is about itself and that is more concerned ab- about its own um, you know, comfort and it- its own happiness than it is about the-, the hurt and pain of the world around it. Every church has a choice of what it believes to be possible or impossible about God. But on the road ahead, we believe that all things are possible. Amen? The Word of God says very clearly in Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said that if we had the faith the size of a mustard seed, we could say to the mountain, move and it would be moved. Jesus was telling us that we have been given a choice that is divinely empowered and divinely sourced. It is divinely inspired. And so our future is not something that we need to dread for the the fear of health or finances. Our future is not something that we need to to create uh, on our own efforts or, or, um, you know, work hard in, in our own manipulation to make it in the way we want to because the simple truth is we can't. But as we imagine the road ahead, I want to share with you that it all begins in relationship Jesus is not a roadmap that we use to, to uh, give us some future that we can approve of. He is not a crystal ball that we come near to gaze in so that we can see the way we want to go. The reality is, is, is we're not even invited into a future first. We're invited into a presence. In fact, we're invited into the presence, the presence of love, of light, of God Almighty, of our Father. It's just relationship. And today, I just want you to take kind of a deep breath. And I want you to rest in the love that invites you to relationship. And to go back to the beginning uh, as we uh, move into the future and realize that all that we're going to do in the future is built on one simple truth, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We can move into relationship or we can do 2016 in religion. 
And I, I just want to say that I, I detest religion. And I, I detest the, the impact that it has on human beings. I detest the deadness that it brings to the human heart. It is so diametrically opposed to the life-giving relationship that Jesus wants. We love rules. Uh, Jesus offers relationships. Um, we want a roadmap ahead that assures us, you know, uh, Jesus gives us a love relationship that, that holds our hand and walks with us. Religion is what our fallenness creates to avoid the threat of a life led by God's disruptive love. Religion is what we create in culture um, and, and in form to, to keep God away a bit, insulated, so that we don't really have to give Him our lives and be uh, out of control uh, in his, his control. Religion, it's a wall pretending to be a bridge. But life with Jesus, well, life with Jesus is life with Jesus. And so we're not waiting for something else to happen so that life can be good. And I, I fully appreciate that life is hard for, for, for so many of you here today, for so many of us. But we're not waiting for something to happen so that life becomes good. What we're doing is acknowledging the gift of the presence of God himself in Christ. And in the presence of Christ, we get to be with Jesus here and now, all the way through life. It's ups and downs, it's pains. We get to be with Jesus and that is the center of life. So it's not winning the lottery, big as it is. And I know all of you all would pay off the building and build the next if you did, <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. That's what I thought I heard, that's what I thought I heard. But it's just relationship. And to be with Jesus, heart and soul, is the center of everything. Jesus said that we are more than just religious followers. We are friends. In John 15, 15, he said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. I have taken you from the outside and brought you to the inside of my life and my heart and my plans. You are in the core of my relationships I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. And so today, as you begin 2016, with all of your priorities, all of your issues, all of our pain, all of the things that occupy our mind and heart, I want to recenter us back at the very beginning and say, it's just relationship. And you can know all kinds of religious things about God and Jesus and Bible and church and Catholic and Baptist and whatever. But if you are not living in a love relationship that, that, that is from the presence of God Almighty by the gift of Jesus Christ and the, and the indwelling Spirit, then it's dead religion. Amen. It's nothing. You see, what changes everything beautifully uh, is for us to be able to truthfully say in 2016, nothing is more important than my personal relationship with Jesus. You see, that, that statement is true, and, and, and it's true in a way that, that whether we acknowledge or not, it's still true, but when we can actually grow towards that statement, when we can actually by faith inhabit that statement, everything begins to change, and I find in my own life, I drift from that so often and so quickly, it's not even funny, and sometimes it's the most basic of things that make everything work. The other day, I was working on, on um, my motorcycle, trying to get it to, to run, and, 
and um, and the gas gauge on it is the odometer. If any of y'all know that, you know, you just set the odometer and, and you pretty much know when you're going to run out of gas. And I had reset the odometer the last time I wrote it. And I'm starting it and starting it and starting it and starting it. And it won't start, it won't start, it won't start. And I'm, I'm going through all this complicated list. And I thought, what if it's out of gas? And then my other self says, well, Drew, you never change the odometer until you fill it up with gas. And my other self says, that's true, but it's not starting. And so I have this conversation with myself. Any of y'all talk to yourself? And finally I said, well, self, before you go pulling off ignition and all these other things, why don't you open the gas cap? And so my simpler self said, okay. And I opened it up and sure enough, it's empty. Vacuuming the floor uh, a couple of months ago. Um, somebody had used the vacuum and probably had used it for corners and things like that. And so I'm vacuuming and I vacuum two rooms. And I look back over it and I'm going... It doesn't look much different than when I started. The little hose is not plugged in at the bottom. I don't know what I just did. Sometimes the simplest connections are the ones that change everything. Some of you are here today wondering why life isn't, and then you fill in the blank. Why am I? And you fill in the blank with unhappy, um, discontent, frustrated, the simple truth is that, that we just have to make one of the most simple connections there is. That what you and I think matters most in life probably doesn't matter most in life. What you and I are pursuing right now most passionately in life probably isn't what's, what's most important at all. Because what matters most in your life is not being unemployed, uh, it's not paying for college, um, it's not finding a job or finding a place to live, all those things are incredibly important. It's not even how well your children are doing or your loneliness. What matters more than all of those things is your personal rela relationship with Jesus. And when that becomes the center of your life, it is the tank with gas in it. It is the connection that makes things work like they were supposed to work in the beginning. And so I want to challenge you as we take the Lord's Supper this morning. Some of you are looking for these, you know, huge leaps and bounds, these complicated connections to make things work. And I want to suggest that you begin with simplicity. That you refocus and that you do a relationship check today. You see, nothing in the world mattered more to Jesus than having a personal relationship with us. Jesus left heaven uh, and came down to earth and was offered by Satan as he fasted the whole world. Everything in the world throughout all of history, all that is glorious, all that is beautiful, all that this world calls valuable, Jesus was offered all of that if he would only give up his mission to live in relationship with you and me. And Jesus said, nothing is more important to me than my relationship with you. The truth is, though, if we're honest about everything in the world ends up being more important to us than our relationship with Jesus. The cancer, um, the, the debt, the offense, the woundedness, the pain, 
All these things become more important, but they're not. It's a big statement, but it's a true statement. Jesus put it this way, and, and in Revelation 3, he's speaking to the church, okay? He's speaking to us. All these words are not for pre-Christians or, or lost people. And, and I want to say here today, if you are not yet a believer, we are so thrilled that you're here. And, and we are just, you know, you have shown an amazing amount of curiosity and courage to be here, so thank you. But today, we're, we're kind of centering on, on, on what is for believers. And so if you're not a believer here today, I just want you to watch. And, and I just want you to observe. And, and because believers, this is, this is designed for those of you who have said yes to Jesus and, and who've crossed the starting line of faith. Hear what Jesus has to say to us. In Revelation 3, he says, I know all the things that you do. But I know that you're neither hot nor cold, and I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. The uh, King James, you know, kind of translates it rather more graphically in terms of vomit. And it shows how the Lord responds to the lukewarm church, to the believer who is dead in religion instead of alive and driven by relationship. To the church that is content to be inward turned and not have a broken heart for the world around it. For, the, for the, the church that is content to live in the world down and depressed as though it did not have all the resources of eternity at its prayerful call. And, and, and Jesus says to those in light of his blood, in light of his sacrifice, if, if you will not be stirred to passion and surrender and in crying out in pain, run to me. If you are, are just going to be kind of bland about this and, and just walk through your life as though nothing had happened, then, then go away. I wish you were far, far away from me. Because if you were far enough away from me, like being out in the cold in the Arctic without a coat, you would at least have a chance of recognizing how desperate your situation is. But being okay, being lukewarm, having no perceived need, you are in the most dangerous spot of all because you do not recognize that this is not what a, a living relationship with me looks like at all. And so Jesus is calling us to be passionate in following him and, and to be totally, uh, you know, committed to the truth that nothing is more important in, in my life than my relationship with Jesus. Nothing. Whether I live or die, that's not more important than my relationship with Jesus. Whether I have more or have less, that's not more important than my relationship with Jesus. Nothing in my life is more important than my relationship with Jesus. Nothing. I know all the things you do, he says in Revelation 3.15. And it parallels what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 21 and following when he, when he talked about, you know, uh, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? And, and I will say to them, depart from me, you workers of, of iniquity, of wrong. I never knew you. You never let me have what I wanted most, relationship. You held me at arm's distance. You kept the doors to your heart shut on, on me in anything but, but form and religion. Maybe a Sunday or two you, you attended, but you never opened your heart to me. You never let me into your pain. You never let me guide you into a greater life. You never let my, my spirit set your life on fire for, for serving me. You lived your whole life safe, comfortable. You lived your whole life about you instead of being on fire for me. And, and Jesus is saying to, to his church, 
Church, that makes me sick. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. You don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I recently spoke to someone who was dying. And they said, oh, I'm fine. No, you're not. In any way, shape, or form, you're not. There's a lot of you a lot of us here today who, who are in a place where we say, oh, I'm fine. No, we're not. We may have lots of stuff. We may, we may be in, have a roof over our head with heat. We may have a car. We may have a job. We may have food on the table, but we are not fine because our relationship with Jesus is nowhere because we have kept the living God at distance because we're still in charge of life. And then Jesus says this, he says, those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. We use this verse to speak to non-believers, but it's really taking it out of context because Jesus is speaking to his church, okay? He's speaking to you and I and saying, I am standing at the door of your life, knocking I'm, I'm asking you to invite me in so that I can come into your life. This whole thing, when you eat with somebody, it is an amazing thing. There's just a relationship that's, that's there, isn't there? Yeah. I, I want to challenge you guys as a church, as we become more relationally wealthy in 2016, I want to challenge you to be so bold as to even invite some of the people around you out to lunch or over to your house, you know? Um, I know very few people who have too many friends. Anybody say, I just got too many friends, don't need one more, you know, keep your hand down. Jesus is, is just using the most relational term. I will come in and eat with him. I'm going to sit at your table and we're going to talk and we're going to do life together. And, and I'm going to have refrigerator rights in your life. And, and we're just going to do life in love together. And no matter what happens, it's going to be okay because I'm there and I am God. And I have the power to raise the dead. And so you've got nothing to fear. And when you don't know the way forward, I'm there with you and I will show you. All you've got to do is follow me, uh, you know, stay on my heels and, and we can do this together if you'll open the door of your heart to relationship not to doing you're a human being not a human doing it's just relationship and as we begin the road ahead in 2016 I just want to remind you and I want you to say it with me ready it's right up there in case you haven't noticed all right we're going to say it together loud and proud ready nothing is more important than my personal relationship with Jesus one more time Nothing is more important than my personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus said to his church in Revelation 2.4, Yet I hold this against you, you have forsaken your first love. And the truth is that in all of our hearts, there is this natural tendency to drift and to, to die down. And the only way that's possible is that we allow a distance to, to be established between us and the source of life. And, and so for, for many of you today, I'm calling you back to your first love. I'm calling you back to that time when you first believed, and I mean you really believed, and Jesus was alive to you, and you dared to hope. And I'm calling you back to that time where, where your faith was at its highest feverish pitch and, and you were at your, your spiritual best and, and you were walking hard after Jesus and you dared to put your hope in his word and you read your Bible and you prayed 
And when you prayed, stuff actually happened. I want to call you back to the time where you felt God first stirring your heart and, and you knew you were loved and, and you, you had the hope of heaven that began to just open up a light into a, the, the darkness of your own world. I want to call you back to the time that was your best season of spiritual life on, on, on planet earth and I want to say that that is nothing compared to what God has in the new future that, that is in the road ahead. But we have to return to our first love. When nothing in the world mattered more to Jesus than a relationship with us, he opened the door uh, to relationship with us through the sacrifice of his life. Revelation 3.8 says, See, I have placed before you an open door that no man can shut. I am convinced that door is the life of Jesus. And when he said in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. When he said in John 10 that I am the, the gate, I am the way that you come through, through the life and the sacrifice of Jesus, he opened the door for us to have life after life. He opened the door for us to, to not be dead at the end of life. He opened the door for us to have hope and peace and joy. He opened the door for the very presence of, of Almighty and Holy God. But there's another door that has to be opened before the circle is complete. That is the door of your heart, the door of my heart. And that is the door that has to break through religion and control. That is the door that has to get dangerous um, and, and past all of your preferences and your wants and your opinions and your agendas for life. All of those, um, religion will allow you to keep all of that. Christ will crucify each one of them and resurrect something better in their place. When we get to the place where nothing matters more to us than our personal relationship with Jesus, we will open the doors of our lives and let Jesus come in and we will live um, an abundant kind of life according to John 10.10 10, to where our abundance is not stuff, it is the presence and the mystery of Almighty God. It is Jesus living in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Scripture says, here I am in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. And he with me. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And in just a little bit, we're going to ask each of you to stand up um, section at a time, and you'll be guided. We're going to start here in the center. We're going to ask you to walk through the open door. I'm going to ask you to walk and to take the bread and the cup and to take it back to your seat and to hold it so that we together at the end can, can celebrate. Scripture takes this very, very seriously. And in the, the Scriptures, it tells us that to drink this in a way that is false can even bring sickness in, in our lives because God hates open hypocrisy. So if you're here today and not a believer, just thank you again for your, your courage and curiosity to be here. We're just going to ask if you would just, just walk with us and, and you don't have to take the Lord's Supper at all. You can just, just walk by and just make the circle on around back to your seat. If you're a believer here today, 
but you're not willing to say nothing is more important to me than my personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, yeah, you can fake everybody out. The dangerous thing about this, guys, is we can fake ourselves out. That's, you know, the most dangerous thing about lying is when you begin to believe your own stuff. It's terrible. If you're a believer here today and there's sin in your life that you're not willing to let go of, that you, you are gonna say, this is more important to me than my personal relationship with Jesus, do not, do not, do not mock the blood of Jesus by taking the Lord's Supper today. Do not do it. When you and I hold on to sin because we want to and, and act like we're okay with Jesus, what we're doing is standing around with those who mocked Jesus as he bled from the nails. We, we, are, we are mocking Jesus as surely with our hypocrisy as they did with their hate. So, if the person you're living with is more important to you than your relationship with Jesus and you're not willing to let, give, give that up, just own that and, and acknowledge that, that you're in a better place living in that discomfort and that struggle with Jesus than you were when you thought you were okay and, and you, you could just go on. If there's other sin in your life that, that is more important to you, um, whether it's pornography, um, whether it's um, you know, holding on to a grudge or, or revenge or, or whatever, I don't know, you know, if there's something more important to your life than, than your relationship with Jesus, then, then don't take the Lord's Supper. But understand this, we're not talking about being too unworthy, we're talking about being too unwilling. None of us here are worthy of the blood of Christ. The question is, are we willing to be made worthy by faith through grace? This is not the literal body of Christ, um, it is a symbol of sacrifice. It is a call to communion. It is a call to remember the, the, the length to which Jesus was willing to go to have relationship with you. It is a chance as you hold the bread and the cup to hear Jesus say, nothing in the world was more important to me than my relationship with you. I know you're hurting. I know you're lonely. I know that you're trying things in your life to answer the pain, but I'm telling you, I am for you. And if you'll just dare to allow that little spark of faith that's, that's there in your heart, if you'll just dare to allow it to, to ignite, if you'll, if you'll just through the surrender of your will open the door of your heart, you don't have to be worthy. None of us are good enough. I am not good enough but I am willing. I'm willing to be forgiven. I'm willing to believe, as hard as it is for me personally, I'm willing to believe that, that a God who's infinite and perfect could love me and know me and want me. That's when I open the door of my heart and it's changed everything and is continuing to change everything. So, some of you are here today and, and you're wondering how to make it all work. It's simple. It's just relationship. Get back to the beginning. Open your heart. 
throw the door wide open to Jesus and just walk through the open door of his love and his invitation to eternal grace that he has given to you. And then live the rest of your life differently in relationship. Nothing is more important than personal relationship with Jesus. So, we're gonna ask you in just a moment to come to gather the cup and, the, and the, the bread, to return back to your seats and to reflect and to think and to center on relationship. This is your time to throw the door wide open. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.